What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Delicious Podcast here, and welcome to episode 159 of the Young Lions Perspective. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Thursday night or Friday morning, afternoon. Doesn't matter. But I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. So ladies and gentlemen of the YLP Universe and the Warren Nation, this is the first official episode as an f- actual full-time member of WrestleAddict Radio. Got to clap to that. It's nice. It's cozy. We didn't get here by resting on our goddamn laurels. So you know we got to put in some work today. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be different. You know, just because I even, before I started recording, I was getting uh, getting all my, like, you know, transitions and interludes and all my, you know, sounds and all that. I'm like, wait, I just got to record segments and then bring it over to WrestleAddict Radio and then just put it on there. So, I mean, old habits die hard. But we're going to make it work, you know. And again, thank you to Ricky, Kate, Will, Nate, Fretz, all the squadron over at war. And we're going to do the damn thing the way we've been doing the damn thing for 158 episodes. And now today we get to talk about AEW Bless. Bless the wrestling gods that gave us AEW's episode last night. I mean, wow. Just from the fact that they were on a fucking boat, okay, is great. The fact that they had a ring and a boat is dope as fuck. I think the most important thing that came out of last night's episode of AEW Dynamite is just the way that when Chris, I'm I'm, I'm dead serious, when Chris Jericho came out in the six-man tag, uncomfortable. And the entire crowd was singing Judas. Not only do you have your own crews popping off. I mean, that's dope in and of itself. But to have, like, that's how a top star should be looked at. That's how a top star should be, you know, loved. The crowd chanting your song. Song. And I was listening to Joe Cronin last night, and um, Jake DeMarco was talking about it, about this. You know, the fact that they love you, they love your song, and you're the one that wrote it with your band. That's got to hit a little. That hits a little different. That hits different. And that must be an amazing feeling. So, back in the day, before I became the young lion that I am today, I used to perform and shit. I used to do I used to do the hip hop, the rap, you know. I thought I was pretty decent at it. I've done I have performed before. And it, it, it does hit a little different, you know. It's one thing when you're at a concert and you're listening to the music. It's another thing being the person having to entertain the crowd. It's it's a little different. I'm not saying it's at the level that Chris Jericho was at, but in some sense, I can relate to what he must be feeling in that moment. 
even though he's a heel, he's heel as fuck. But even in that moment, he tried so hard not to crack a smile. He really did. I mean, taking that all in, you know, giving yourself the AJ Styles WrestleMania moment, standing there, hair flowing in the wind and shit. I seen it. That's a gift somewhere. That's going to be a gift. GIF. I don't know what the fuck they call it. I don't care. But dear God, that was a moment. That was probably the moment of the night for me. Best moment of the night. Hands fucking down. Even before the six-man tag even started. You know, even after the music stopped, they kept chanting. They kept going with the song. Man. I mean, that that's a moment. That is a moment. That in and of itself could be honorable mention of the year. I really don't care. My list, my rules. <laughs> But that was a very awesome moment for uh, on the night. I think that was the best top moment of the night. Hands down, just that moment was fan-fucking-tastic. Getting into the swing of things with the card, though. Boy, did we have fun with this. We had a lot of fun with this episode. Kicking it off with the AEW World Tag Team Championship. My fucking god, was I not? Ex- I was not expecting what they brought to the table last night. The reason I love this is because it was an unexpected victory to me. And me personally, I was thinking. I even said it on Twitter. Not going front. You can check my shit. I got the receipts. I said this would be the perfect night for Hangman to turn on on Kenny and the Elite. But they, but AEW had other plans in mind that decided to slow burn this, and that me, to me personally, is better. When was the last time you saw a slow burn that you believed? Don't worry, I'll wait. You, the closest I would honestly say maybe would be Daniel Bryan. That's that's really me trying to. They are going to slow burn Hangman Page's heel turn. On top of that, you now have Hangman Page and Kenny Omega as the AEW World Tag Team Champions. Which makes it even better. Because the moment they drop those titles, Hangman Page is going to go ballistic. And there, I mean, I can, I can easily see the Sky Hall angle. Just, you know, right there, don't even, you know, that's a little hanging fruit part for the course. But the way they're doing it so far, they're really slow burning it. And that, that to me personally, is why I'm going to love Hangman Page's heel turn even more once they actually pull the trigger. I don't know when they'll do it. I doubt they'll do it at Evolution. No, Evolution, my God. Revolution, my apologies been a long day but man I I gotta tell you AEW even fooled me they got me on this one but but the way they're doing it I like their I like that booking better than mine because I thought to myself right after that I'm just like man they they're slow burning this but you know what? It actually is the right call. That's why I love this. 
Because, yeah, they could have easily pulled the trigger. But then I really thought about it when I was at work. Pac still got Omega to deal with. Okay. Once they tie up that loose end, then they can truly focus on Hangman Page and turning heel and on the elite. Again, I don't know when, but if you're gonna have Omega and Page hold the belt, gotta have them hold it at least a few months. Probably until at least double or nothing. At least double or nothing. Ooh, I just had a booking idea. Oh, oh, oh my God. If they really do it till all out, oh my God. All in, all out, I don't care which. If they re- oh my god, they could really oh man, this could be a really okay. Here's what I'm thinking. You probably caught it, but if you haven't, I'll tell you. They can honestly make this go until all out or all in, whichever one comes first. They could really have this go for a majority of the year. That leads to Omega versus Page at all out. You could have him drop the titles at double or nothing. Have Paige turn on the Elite. Have that go into post-Dynamite. And start building towards Paige versus Omega. Ooh. Ooh. If they do that. I'll do. I'll try to do all I can to save up for that. Holy shit. That would be an amazing build to page versus take my I will give you my wallet AEW I will literally just give you my wallet all money I got in there take it take it that is wow that is I gotta gotta hit the champ on my you know pat my own back on that one if they do that that would be some serious shit Serious shit. The MJF Cody situation is playing wonderfully. Wonderfully. And and forgive me, I'm, I'm on actually 411 Mania going for uh, Larry Zonka's before because apparently they didn't have one for AEW Dynamite on Chair Shot. So we're just going to have to work with what we got. You know what I mean? See what, see what he bringing to the table. But the, oh my, but seriously. I mean, MJF Janela didn't mean shit to me. That was a mere formality. I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know, regular eight minutes they got on here. It was whatever. But the, but the promo is all that mattered <laughs> as usual. Now I will say though, Janela Sabian, having Sabian come out like that and, and oh, Okay. That, that was cute, you know, making out with uh, Penelope before on the ramp. That's adorable. Having that little distraction. 
blah blah blah. I hope Danilo Sabian actually, you know, is worth my time. Because these are two guys I think they could definitely work well together. And then you got Penelope Ford in the mix because they used to date and then all that shit. Oh, play the love triangle, they kill me. When Wynn tried and tr- when actually put effort into it, a love triangle angle actually does work. I hope they do it right. And I hope Janelle gets the victory. That's just me, though. But the MJF Cody deal, now that we are officially going into the build for Revolution and MJF versus Cody, I like the fact that Cody is able, you know, I can't touch you, but these two can with the Young Bucks hitting them with the double super kick. The way they're doing this is, of course, tried and true heel tactics, you know, trying to get him, trying to goad him into punching him. And, it, and it's working, you know. But at least MJF got his comeuppance. And that's something I was hoping for sooner rather than later. And then and I got what I wanted out of the deal. Throwing MJF in the pool. Hilarious. With the scarf on. Hilarious. But the way they're doing this so far, like I said, tried and true, but working. And this has worked because we were building to this point. And now we're going to get into how crazy this two can get. I'm sure that MJF's going to try everything he can to get him to punch him so he doesn't have to face him at Revolution. Cody will just come up with tricks up his sleeve, all that good shit to knock the shit out of fucking MJF since he can't do it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to work. And I love it. I love everything they're bringing to the table with this. I mean, even when they announced, you know, matches for next week, you have Jericho Santana and Ortiz versus Darby Allen and Private Party. That sounds like a good time to me. Young Bucks versus The Butcher and The Blade. Sounds like a fun time to me. Cody versus Kip Sabian. Definitely sounds like a fun time to me. I'm all for it. I'm all for what they're going to be doing with MJF and Cody and all the players. You got to think of all the players surrounding this too, right? Of course, Cody and Darby Allen, allies in a sense. Of course, MJF squad with himself, Wardlow, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. And you could probably do like a solid eight-man tag out of that if you wanted to with Cody, Keeney, uh, and the Young Bucks. That sounds like that sounds like a fantastic eight-man tag to me. I don't know. It just comes off the top of the head. It's just I don't know. This comes up, you know. But yeah, I mean, like I said, this is going to be a proper feud going into Revolution. Since Cody can't gun for the World Championship, he can still have banger feuds, and especially the, this one with MJF. This was definitely a long time coming. And I'm really excited to see what they're going to do on the road to revolution. Who knows? Who knows? Now, Moxley Jericho, and I said this on Twitter last night. Moxley Jericho was a mere formality, y'all. We knew that. You knew that. I knew that. 
But we got a damn good match out of it, though, with him and Pac. With John Moxley and Pac. That, that was a really good main event. I love the fact that, and I was listening to, like I said, from Joe Corner last night, even Jake DeMarco said there was reports that he was just wearing the, um, just pretty much selling the injury all day while he was on the boat. That's attention to detail. And that attention to detail makes me happy because it's, it's, it's shit like that that makes it even more believable. You know, you can just go the, uh, you know, doing it on TV route and then, you know, just having them walk around at regular. But it, it, it means it means a lot more when you're literally out there selling the injury. That to me is proper way of getting something over. I appreciate little details like that. It's shit like that that makes me realize it's like appreciate the little things. Especially when it comes to professional wrestling. Marco stuff with the life vest. That made me laugh my ass off. And that kid's getting over. He's like a 20, I think he's like a mid-20s, 12-year-old. I don't know. But that boy can go. Hit a swanky DDT. Tornado DDT if you want to. It's nice. It's clean. But going back to Moxley Pac. Again, like I said, Moxley Jericho is a mere formality. So now that we've gotten past Moxley Pac, determined the number contender for the AEW World Championship, now we can truly have some fun with Moxley and Jericho. Cool blue Gatorade, y'all. Delicious. Rehydrate the muscles and shit. <laughs> I could appreciate now how much fun we are going to have with Moxley and Jericho leading up to Revolution. Now we only have five weeks. Five, maybe six. Probably five. I don't fucking know. I really whatever. Let's just go with five. Five's like a nice, nice proper number. So five, six weeks till revolution. And we've got to figure out a way to get Jericho and Moxley to Revolution. The one thing I will always keep in mind every time I think about stuff they're going to do in terms of booking. Jericho said in an interview, and you can check out my old shit a while back. He discussed that he already knew what he was going to be doing till at least the end of February. That long-term booking... And knowing what you're going to be doing, at least through February, you can play around with that. You can really sit down and just say, okay, we got, we got this set up for you. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to have you face this guy at pay-per-view, all this shit, how you want to tweak it. And then, then you start throwing off ideas back and forth. And so far, the Moxley Jericho deal has been working very properly. The way they built it up, the way we got to then Moxley pretty much doing the okie doke, making him think he's going to be in a circle when he's like, nah, fam, we good. I want that title, please. 
to now he is the true number one contender. We do have Moxley Jericho at AEW Revolution for the AEW World Championship. How the fuck do we get there? And I think they're going to do this. And I think they're going to have fun with this shit. I think they're going to have a lot of fun with this. They're going to have way too much fun with this. Because you can do... You already got Moxley Guevara. Guevara, Guevara. Whatever. It's almost Friday. I'm in a good mood. Does he, you know... And get involved with a tag match with Santana Ortiz. Does he get Hager? I doubt it. But that would be some interesting shit having Moxley and Hager. Mm. I mean, I still want Hager Luchasaurus, but you know, I'm gonna have to calm myself down and you know bring that down to a three. Moxley Jericho for the world title. Again, we saw this all coming a long time ago. About say a month ago. And we are here. We have arrived at this very point. Now we got five, six weeks to make it all worthwhile. And I think that's what they intended on doing anyway. You know what I'm saying? Priscilla Kelly look fine. Darby Helen, I hate you. <laughs> I'm not going to front. At least we got some ladies action on AEW tonight. And I'll discuss there why there's a bad about this portion of the program. No, it's not my usual rant about why the AEW women's division is the absolute doo-doo. It's one in particular. I haven't watched AEW Dark in a while, so if there's been any ladies' matches on there that I need to be worried about, let me know. Let me know. Voice message. Anchor.fm says a WrestleMatic Radio. Hit me up with a voice message. Let me know what I am missing. If I'm, I've missed, I'd say I've missed about four weeks worth of AEW Dark. If there's anything, anything on there that I need to go back and watch personally, let me know because I want to make sure you know because it's just mostly dynamite for me so I haven't I've been slacking on my AEW dark watching I'm still all about AEW dark I really need to go back and watch NWA power from the jump I got a five-day vacation coming up I got time next week but if but if it's really immediate voice message anchor.fm slash wrestle anchor.fm slash wrestle attic radio there you go second time Now, now we have Priscilla Kelly over there. There should be, you know, hopefully they do some interesting things with her and Darby. Because, well, why the fuck not? Now I'm gonna put it to you like now. This isn't this isn't the bad part. This isn't what I hated about AEW Dynamite. But I will say this. I will give AEW an A for effort for trying to make Britt Baker look like the top heel of the division. I said it last night on Twitter. They could, she could really be the top heel. She could be in the division, easily the top heel. She hasn't written all over. The promo she cut last night. I'm gonna save that for the next segment. We get to rant, yay! 
Woo! It's gonna be fun. I really do believe that Brit Baker could honestly be the one foundational piece that you can start building around in terms of what you want in your division. I do. Now, maybe it, I'm not saying it's biased because there's a lot of ladies I do like, not only in AEW, but all over the place in terms of women's wrestling. I'm not saying, I, I might as well just say they're moving Britt Baker wrong right now. It should have been more, I would, I would say if you're trying to make your top heel, it should have been more immediate. Make it a point because if you're trying to have Britt Baker beat Rio for the Women's World Championship at Revolution, because I think that's where they're moving to. You better get you better get your foot on the damn pedal. Real quick. You got you got you got a month and a half. At least a month and a week. You can make this happen. You can make Brick Baker that bitch in your face go fuck yourself lady heel that AEW's women's division desperately needs I'll be dead serious she could be a top heel if AEW decides to actually pull the trigger and make and realize she could be that top heel because now a lot of people are souring on Rio Oh, I, I've seen a lot of shit on Twitter souring on Rio. For real, for real. You know, and I get it. I totally get it. You don't see her often at the shows. You know, she be all up in the vignettes, all in the videos. You know, all that shit. But when you don't have her front and center, you know, if not defending the championship, at least competing. That's when things get a little. Oh. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm being, you know, I'm being a hundred with y'all. Again, you know, they could really make some waves with this women's division if they decide to really put their best foot forward and realize we can make something with this. With the ladies we got, we can easily make something out of nothing. Hell, SmackDown did it back in 2016 with what WWE considered the throwaways of the women's division. And you know what? They made that shit work. Honestly, SmackDown's women's division in 2016 is a lot better than this shit. That's facts. Let me see. Besides the fact that Jericho got his, you know, con, you know, part two concert. I love the six man tag. I think every time you see Jungle Boy and Chris Jericho in the ring together, it is just great. It is fun to watch. They make it fun. And Luchasaurus is a fucking beast. Don't sleep on Luchasaurus. Do not. It don't hurt your feelings in the end. 
This guy can go. This man's what, like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, doing standing moonsaults? What? Kicking the shit out of your face region? The possible matchup with Jake Hager? Please, wrestling gods, give it to me. I know it's light, but I need it. Something I need. Just please, 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 wrestling guts, please. I needs it. Amen. Jurassic Express is one of my is honestly one of my favorite tag teams in AEW. You know, with, with the addition of Marco Stunt, they I, I think with Marco Stunt, they help it even get more over. You know, and like I said, all three of them have their qualities as a trio, and it fucking works. Does suck they're losing. Maybe they don't have anything for them right now. Hopefully in 2020, I can see them holding championship gold. That'd be fire. That'll be fun to watch. I really would have liked to see Jurassic Express uh, become the first tag team champions in AEW. Didn't happen. It really be like that sometimes. But the crowd loves them. They love Marco's ass. They love all three of them equally. But they love Marco because he's crazy. These these three can actually become a major player in the tag team division if they need to be decided to do so. Not saying they're going to. Not even going to predict that they are. They already have plans in place. We at least know that. I do think for a fact that they have Jurassic Express on AEW Dynamite shows they have interest in them and do see something in them because they put out every time I've seen it. I don't think there's not one Jurassic Express match I've been mad at since the beginning back at double or nothing and through on this throughout the summer going into uh all out i don't even know they're on the card um in aew dynamite i have been a fan of jurassic express and it's worked went from a boy to a dinosaur in his dinosaur to adding marco stunt making the jurassic express and it absolutely fucking works it is fantastic it's a beautiful thing you'll love to see it they make that shit work and it's the perfect you know it's perfect everything perfect fucking everything jungle boy dinosaur crazy 27 year old 12 year old looking motherfucker yeah him too and they go out there and they kick ass and it works love the fact that jericho and jungle boy had interaction in this matchup i love the fact that they had the vignette for you know the video package going back to their match uh, last month and you know having the you know jungle boy lasting 10 minutes with the AEW with, with Le Champion I loved every bit of that I loved it every person in that match had their time to shine you know Santana and Ortiz always fantastic when they go out in the ring Ortiz is a wild motherfucker too he just weird absolutely weird he's so funny <laughs> he's a weird cat I like it though with the tiger style but yeah, I mean, everything about the six-man tag match, I think last night was fun. Intertwining storyline, good action, not mad at it at all. Definitely given the time that they had. Fan-fucking-tastic. And before I end the segment, I want to go back to the AEW World Tag Team Championship matches. I didn't really talk about the match itself. This was a fucking fantastic way to open up the show. I know I said it like, quick briefly, but this, this title match was fucking amazing. This title match was really fucking good. 
Again, I did not think for the life of me that Omega and Paige would win the tag titles. I was not expecting that shock victory. I was really shocked that they pulled that trigger. I was not expecting it. I didn't think it was happening. I was thinking, all right, SCU pretends Paige gets cracking on Omega and the Elite, and we're good to go. The tag team division in AEW stacked. So you're always going to get a banger of a match. And having Omega and Paige as a quote-unquote makeshift team come together and steal the tag titles away from SCU. I'm going to be, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not even mad at the call. Again, this helps build Omega and Paige forward. You know, and this ain't no fucking Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman bullshit. You know, they have a few because they had the tag. Okay, it's kind of fuck. Okay, it kind of is. That just blew that. I just blew up in my face. Okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> that was fucking. That was a fail. Wow, it's not even Friday, and I'm already making fails. Jeez. Okay, it's like that, but Strowman Rollins was retarded, dumb as shit idiotic stupid dumb as hell i say dumb as hell dumb as hell foolish foolhardy boring face palm inducing vomit inducing storyline omega and page you know albeit the same kind of deal already started to build it prior to Omega and Page winning the championship. Just, it wasn't about Page and Omega. It was about Page and the Elite. Page, le- Page left the Elite. Being, um, beyond, um, being the Elite, he left the group. That was some shit. And now we're getting, now we're starting to get the ball rolling into that. And that is going to be fun. It's going to be very nice. Very, very nice. And I'm not mad at it at all. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I loved about AEW Dynamite last night. We're going to take a very short break. And by short, I mean less than 10 seconds. And then we're going to get right into what I hated about AEW Dynamite. And my God, there's some shit I can hate. There is some shit I can hate. We'll be right back. And we are back with episode 159 of the Young Lions Respective. Now we get into what I hated. About AEW Dynamite this week. Mm, remember when I talked about Priscilla Kelly and uh, Britt Baker? Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, the match did what it needed to do. But the promo after that, though. Just, just the, the, the promo. After that, though, mm. 
just we're basically gonna be talking about Britt Baker this that's what I hated. Like I said, the match did what it needed to do. Got Britt Baker over. Ray. They didn't really, in terms of trying to advance her heel character, it didn't really do much. But this matchup, they, they could have really showcased her, you know, now being a bitch-like heel role and started playing up to it a little bit more. And this is the route they're going to go with Baker. Boy, does AEW have a lot of work to do with this one. Now, don't get me wrong. I did laugh during the promo when she called Tony Schiavone a, a shitty barista at Starbucks. Not going front. I thought it was funny as shit. But then they, then she got more deep into the promo. You know, saying that she's a role model and they all look up to her and being a role model is a full-time job. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. I'm the hottest woman on this phone. I'm smart. I'm educated. I'm brilliant as well as a dentist. It got to the point where I just wanted to go to fucking bed. This is what we're doing in our women's division now. This is what we're doing. Having dookie promos like that. I'm glad they went to commercial. I'm really fucking glad they went to commercial when they did. Because they weren't doing it all because she was talking shit. No, 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 no. I just think they did it because that was probably the, one of the shittiest promos I've ever seen in my entire life. I did not like this promo one fucking bit. I didn't. Like, what the, who wrote that shit? Like, like, I ask you again, who wrote this shit? I am literally shocked that this is how they're displaying a quote-unquote top heel in their division. I don't know. I really don't know. This is something I usually address every single week because 99.9% of the time, the AEW Women's Division usually just gets on my fucking nerves. But this shit right here? This shit right here, homie?
I'm really not trying to curse. I'm really not trying to really bring that out. But fuck it, they bringing it out. What? Just for the fucking life of me. Can I get something worth fucking while? It's either you go all in on Britt Baker or you continue to pull this hokey doke shit. This hokey pokey no shit writing. Just it. I mean, yes, it did get heat with the crowd. But if they did that any where the fuck else? I guarantee you the crowd would have been schlit. Schlit. Again, I'm trying to, I'm seeing what they're trying to do. I see it. They're trying to just establish Britt Baker as the top heel of the AEW Women's Division. Which is all well and good because you need that shit. That is not a way to start that shit. That just doesn't seem like a proper way to just just go about shit. Absolutely not. It just this this is why I continue to, to go go off on AEW about this division. I don't think they want it bad enough when it comes to their women's division. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Again, I haven't watched Dark in a while, so if if there's any matches I have not seen personally, like I said, I got four weeks worth of stuff I need to watch. Alright? So, we could play, I could easily play catch up. But seeing this makes me literally just want to start writing off the AEW Women's Division in 2020 already. We are literally in our th- third full week of the year. Technically, three and a half. We'll get to the new year. We're still doing the same old shit we did last year. Same old shit. Like, what are we doing here? What in the fuck are we doing here? I I, I don't seem to understand for the life of me how you have the like the other the other divisions. In AEW, literally, like, like literally, they are just not even coming close to putting the 
vision in the proper direction that needs to fucking go. Where this division needs to go is to establish your champion, who we haven't fucking seen in weeks. Besides, like, literally we haven't seen her since New Year's fucking day. Three weeks? Since she defended that championship? Haven't seen her since. Priscilla Kelly was the first person I've seen outside of anyone else that I've seen in AEW in, in a long while. It was nice to see. Darby Allen, kudos to you, Mike. they trying to pull again if you want to make Baker a top heel in the division fine make her a top heel but at least give a fuck about what you're trying to do in establishing her as a top heel don't get me wrong I like Britt Baker I like what she brings to the table I like her I like her style of wrestling you know Adam Cole always key um And I've said this more times than I'd like to admit that Britt Baker can be a foundational piece of your division if you do it right. They're starting to, but it's not, it's, that promo was not a good way to start that. I mean, eventually they're going to give Britt Baker the championship because honestly, she doesn't deserve it. But I hope, I honestly, truly fucking hope that when all is said and done and we get to revolution they have they have full-on established Britt Baker as the heel that I know she you and I both know that she can be that's honestly just it that's all I really had I mean not much else about this show I hate this was a fantastic part two to Bash at the Beach part one from last week. And from what I saw on Twitter, AEW did win the week in terms of ratings. So, you know, AEW came to play last night. AEW definitely showed us that now that we're on the road to revolution, they're getting serious. That to me is very good. Very, very, very good. But seriously, they gotta get the ball rolling with the ladies. They do. Don't leave, I, they, I don't want them to be left behind. The last thing I would want to see is the women's division getting left behind in 2020 while, you know, the main event, the mid card, and the tag teams literally just go off all year. The one that I had when I was making my top 10 matches of 2019 and my honorable mentions is that 2020, I do want to see my, my main hope is that I, get to, I would like to see 
more ladies matches make my honorable mentions in my match of the year list. I do. But it's on the promotions to get the job done and create fucking magic. And that's what AEW needs to do. I'm on it. That's the beginning and the end of it. I mean, like I said, I hate to be a broken record every single week. But that that promo, that just all of it. As funny as that beginning was, the joke did not finish well. Started off great, ended terribly. And hopefully AEWs can get Rio back on the show. Start building up more ladies because you're gonna need to, you know, once Britt Baker becomes champion, you're gonna have to establish baby faces. And I haven't seen that on Dynamite. They've probably been doing it on Dark. I personally haven't been seeing it on my personal viewing. So that's just me. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I hated about AEW Dynamite last night. I know a little shorter segment than normal, but that was main, that was pretty much the only thing that I despised about last night. So, we are going to get into the closing segment, as we always do. We do it in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 160 of the Young Lions Perspective. We'll be right back. That's going to get for episode 159 of the Young Lions Perspective. Love, hate, AEW Dynamite. I do apologize for having a much shorter show this week than I've done in the past week. So, thank you, but, you know, if you like that sometimes, and it's not a little short, it's not a little long, depending on the content I have. Think off the top of my head, I'm going to have a laptop now. But, hey, either way, we have fun regardless. Again, I hope you enjoyed your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, opinions, ideas for shows, we always appreciate those. Or if you just want to shoot the shit with yours truly or any of the members of the Wrestle Addict Radio family, hit us up with a voice message, anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict. Radio. See, Ricky, I'm doing the plugs, man. I'm doing the plugs. <laughs> Hit us up with a voice message. And personally, if there's one you got for me and I like it enough, I'll have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Also, we got some Patreon, y'all. Yeah, we got a Patreon. I don't know if you knew about that. I know about that. I'd keep it on the hush hush, but yeah, we got a Patreon over there. You know. And we got a lot. And trust me when I tell you, we got a lot of content coming. You can get it for a nice price. Nice price. Go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio. Check it out. We're going to have a lot, a lot of content coming out. I've, I, I know what's going on. I Trust me. With what all of us are about to bring to the table in terms of the Patreon shit, boy, when I tell, mm, it is going to bless you more than a Popeye's chicken sandwich. How about that? 
a spicy one at that. And trust me when I tell you I don't like the chicken sandwich at all, but it's going to bless you more than a Popeye's chicken sandwich. On a Sunday, trust me when I tell you, we are going to be bringing you some dope-ass content in 2020. It is going to be wild. Get over to Patreon, become a patron, exclusive shit. Now, I mean, like, not even, it's even shit, better than private party shit. Exclusive stuff you won't get anywhere else unless you fuck with us on Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. Go over there, join the squad. All beautiful things and happiness and all that good stuff. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions perspective. Share this episode or any of the other episodes from WrestleAddictRadio across all your social media, the face grams. Facegrams, I'm drunk. Facebook, Instagrams, Twitter. You know what I'm talking about. You, hell, even put it on your Tinder. See how that works out. See if they like that shit. Put it on your Bumble. Your Bump LinkedIn. Your WhatsApp. Whatever you got. Share this episode of the podcast on your social media. Tell a friend to tell a friend and let them know that in 2020, the Young Lions perspective is your alternative for professional wrestling podcasts and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all don't have the Anchor app, and that's cool. You know, ain't nothing wrong with that. A little diversity of your streaming platforms, not bad at all when I tell you that much. But if you want to listen to this episode of the podcast and any of the other 158 episodes of the Young Lions Perspective, including, you know, seven episodes of the Outside the Ropes podcast, and six episodes of the Secret Files. If you want to check my old shit, go back. Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. Go check it out over there. But of course, that's, that's you know, that's a thing. That's a vibe. But you can still find this podcast across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox FM, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions perspective across all these different platforms. You should have no problem finding it whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions perspective, of course, you can follow me on my Twitter at Suede Senator W A R. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R, capital W, capital A capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite, SmackDown Live, kinda. If they, if they you know, continue to act up, I don't know. It's gonna, gonna be on Raw levels. Because y'all know Raw is trash. And I also do live tweeting for every AEW live pay-per-view, every WWE live pay-per-view. And I will be live tweeting for Royal Rumble, and I will be live tweeting for NXT, NXT UK Worlds Collide also on Saturday. And that should be a fun show to watch. And we'll be discussing that. Well, I'll, I'll discuss that later on towards the end of the show. What we'll be doing for tomorrow's episode. But I will be live tweeting for NXT, NXT UK Worlds Collide. That should be a fucking doozy. And I can't wait for that at all. Oh, it's going to be fun. I'm ready. My body's ready for it. But also, every WWE Live pay-per-view, every NXT TakeOver, and every NXT UK TakeOver as well. Give my some treats real quick. That's just hunting. Looking over here, looking at me. Of course. Of course. And that, ladies and gentlemen, even on the closing segment, is your obligatory Marley moment of the show. <laughs> Terrible. My dog overlooking at treats and whatnot. 
but yeah, I do all that. And of course, on the rare occasion that I am up at 3 a.m. for no apparent reason other than I went to the bathroom and can't go back to sleep. And I have nothing else better to do. I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. It's rare. You'll be asleep when it happens. But when it does, trust me when I tell you, it'll happen. It'll happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I'm gonna, and you're going to be like, wow, he really did that shit. He really did that. <laughs> but anyway, of course, I also will be live tweeting for SmackDown tomorrow night for sure. As we always do every Friday night. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, you can follow me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. 60 second thoughts, the memes, all that good stuff. Of course, when I'm talking about, you know, when I post a show, when that comes out, follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Young Lions Perspective podcast. So what do we got on tap for tomorrow? I have no more treats for you. Go lay down. Hey, looking over here, just looking for shit. Anyway, tomorrow, my apologies for my doge. She always wants to be in the show somehow. Of course, y'all know Love Hate NXT. I'm going to watch that tonight while I'm eating dinner. It's going to be great. And then we're going to discuss that tomorrow. But also, Royal Rumble Weekend Preview and Predictions. Y'all know what's coming. Y'all know what's coming. I'm going to be checking out uh, the squadron over at the Kings of the Rings podcast. I'm going to listen to their uh, Rumble of Royalties episode of the Kings of the Rings podcast. And you should too. You should. It's good for you. Good for the soul. I'm going to check this stuff out. And then, of course, I'm going to be doing my preview and predictions for NXT, NXT UK Worlds Collide and the Royal Rumble. And I will tell you right now, if you've been a regular of my podcast, you know I easily called last year's Royal Rumble. I also can say, and I have people to back me up on this, I have pre- I did pre- also predict the 2018 Royal Rumble as well. The Shinsuke Nakamura Asuka, back, Asuka double. Called that. That was one of the easier ones than Seth and Becky. This time around, I will say this might be a little easier than everyone thinks, but I know everybody has their picks. And I'll be discussing mine tomorrow for episode 160. Nice, nice, even number to round out the week. But the Young Lions perspective, no better way to kick off your weekend than with, of course, preview predictions of Royal Rumble and Worlds Collide. And you get a love-hate NXT. Hey, trust me, I'm going to keep this content coming for y'all because I know y'all loving the vibe. So enjoy the rest of your evening. And until we meet again tomorrow, I'll see you guys right back here for episode one. 60 of the Young Lions Perspective. See ya!